welcome to Katie Talks Trash, where I, Katie, talk trash about all of my favorite reality escapism television, particularly the Bachelor franchise. Um, this week was the Women Tell All of it, uh, episode, and like, honestly, it's my least favorite episode of every season. I think they're always really dumb, and they just rehash stuff that we all wanted to move past in the first place. So... Um, just going to review a few things from the episode. Um, but before I get into that, there are some updates on the um, Bachelor inherent racism issue. Um, they have announced that Emmanuel Acho, who is a former NFL player and the author of the book um, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, which is on my list of books to read and I have not done that yet, um, is going to replace Chris Harrison as the host of After the Final um honestly I think it's a great choice I'm excited that they went outside of um outside of Bachelor Nation they didn't pick a a former Bachelor or Bachelorette um they did not pick another ABC host he's still affiliated with ABC because he's um an ESPN analyst and so they're all under the Disney umbrella but um he's not directly affiliated with the Bachelor franchise, and instead they chose someone who literally wrote the book Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man to host an uncomfortable conversation with a black man. And I, that honestly, like, good job. Like, that was, that's a great hire. Um, I don't see him as, like, a permanent replacement for Chris Harrison by any means. Um. And honestly, knowing ABC, they're going to bring Chris Harrison back next season. Um, and it wouldn't shock me one bit if Chris Harrison came out on After the Final Rose to let Emmanuel Acho talk to him. I don't. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. <coughs> I'm sorry. I still have this cough from last week. The great thing about this cough is it's not COVID. But if I cough in the grocery store, people think it's COVID, and so they stay away from me. It's allergies, I promise. I don't have COVID. I'm not out there, like, spreading disease to people. Um, anyways, so I'm, I think that the Emmanuel Acho hire just for um, after the final rose is a good one. As for a potential replacement for Chris Harrison, I think they'll end up moving somebody like JoJo into the seat. They seem to already be prepping her for that. At some point, Chris Harrison will not be the host of this show. I think this show will outlast him regardless of the situation. Um, And I see somebody like JoJo, like an unproblematic JoJo taking over. Um, Anyways, so that's the after the final rose. There hasn't been much on that. um, But Taylor Nolan, and I haven't done enough research to really talk about this situation, but there is a situation with Taylor Nolan, a former contestant, who um, some past tweets of hers have resurfaced that are anti-Semitic and some other things, and she, you know, made an immediate reaction to it, and of course the reaction made it worse, Um, and then she put out a statement that was a little more um, public relation-sized, and that made things worse. And I had these conversations with people about, like, 
we're going to be hard pressed to find people now that have unproblematic things in their past. It is the nature of how the world revolves. But how do we allow them the ability to apologize, the ability to show change without also neglecting to accept those sorts of things? And no, I'm not the person who can accept an apology by any means. I'm not the party offended. But we do have to give some sort of space for people to say, what I said back then was wrong. I understand that now. It doesn't change the work that I'm doing, which was what Taylor Nolan's response to it all was, that the work that I'm doing now is genuine, and I've learned from the place that I was in when I made those specific comments. But that doesn't seem to be an acceptable response either. And at this point, there is no acceptable response. Even when you say you want accountability, when people try to take accountability for their actions, that's not accepted either. And I think we're just at a a point where we just have to figure that out. I don't have the answer to it. I'm not a race expert by any means. Um... We're all in a continued learning process during this great race reckoning of the 21st century. So I don't don't have the answers for it. I do know that I despise cancel culture, and and I just think that they're... The Internet takes things to an extreme of what is acceptable and what is not. And they don't allow for any room for error or mistakes or the ability to grow past things. Anyways, that's just my my two cents. Okay, so let's get into uh, Women Tell All. And honestly, there was like a whole list of things I would rather be doing than watching this episode. In fact, I didn't even make it all the way through the episode last night. I've stopped halfway, put my kids to bed, and decided not to go back to it and watch the rest of it this morning while I ate my breakfast. And I hate these episodes so much because it's just a rehashing of all the things that we resolved during the season. And it's just stupid. And particularly this season, I didn't want to rehash any of this. But we did. Um, let's talk about fashion, first of all, okay? Some of the women look great. Some of them look terrible. Um, Ryan, she had this, like, one-shouldered green sequin jumpsuit. It was really working for her. I wish there was, like, a, um, like, a dress code for these things. So, like, on the Real Housewives reunions, they all decide on, like, a color palette or a theme or something. So, one year, like, all the Atlanta Housewives wore white, And then, um, or like all the OC housewives decided that they would just wear like cocktail dresses and not the full length gowns. Some decide on like a color scheme. Like um, they've done like shades of gold. I wish that they would decide on like a singular style that they were all going to wear. They're all sponsored by Fashion Nova or Revolve at this point. Like let Revolve dress them. Anyway, it was just like a mishmash of outfits. So Ryan had this green jumpsuit. She looked fantastic. Um, MJ was a no. It was like this nude colored 
dress that was ruched in the middle. I don't know. Her body is phenomenal. It's just that dress did nothing for her. And then her eyebrows. Okay, if you can go back and look at her eyebrows, they're bushy, and that's fine. Bushy eyebrows are in, which is great for people like me who have to pluck our eyebrows just to get them to look bushy because they're so insanely thick. Um, hers, she had, like, combed them up or something. I don't know. Her eyebrows, they just looked, they looked like they needed waxing or plucking or something. I couldn't figure out what it was. It just didn't look very manicured. You can have good, thick eyebrows but still have manicured eyebrows. And her, hers not working. Um, Mari, I can't remember what she was wearing. But I still wish we had seen more of her. She was still one of the more shocking um, uh, people to go home early. Kit, which we didn't hear from basically at all in the entire episode, which I found odd. I'm wondering if they did pull her onto the hot seat and then she, they just didn't air her footage. She looked like Office Barbie. It was like pink with like big, bold black buttons and a black lapel. Like it honestly looked like um, accountant Barbie. I'm sure it was Cynthia Rowley. Um, Victoria. Ugh. Let's come back to Victoria. Um, Katie was wearing just like a simple black dress. Her makeup looked great. Jacinia definitely has like a signature style. She wears jumpsuits. She's tiny. Um, she's got a great figure, but she's what, like 5'1", maybe. And she's just a big fan of the jumpsuit. And you know what? It, it looks good on her. It gives her good curves for somebody of her size. It was pink. She looked great. Chelsea dyed her hair blonde. She can do no wrong in fashion. She looked phenomenal. Kayla, I, she looked fine. It was a gold dress, and it was a great color on her. Anna had on, like, a brown dress, fake pearls. And honestly, I got, like, bridesmaid vibes. Those pearls were not real. You cannot tell me those were real pearls. Um, they were probably expensive costume pearls, but those weren't real pearls. Um, we had Piper. She was wearing this white tube top with hair and pants. She looked fine. Abigail looked adorable. She was very on trend in like a suit jacket dress. It was like a black tux jacket. She looked great. Serena, probably my favorite of the night. Um, she had this like mocha colored satin dress on and everything about her was just this like caramelly brown, right? So she has her hair, her skin, her eyes, the dress, the jewelry. It was all this like golden brown vibe and it was gorgeous. Her makeup was perfect. She's a beautiful girl, but just the whole brown vibe. I loved it. Um, then we have Brittany who had a red lip with a red nail and it was a risk but it paid off she looked great okay let's talk about victoria she posted the outfit on her instagram y'all and she tagged the designer of the outfit and then she also tagged her shoes which were steve madden shoes like shoes you can buy like shoe station like there was some like fancy designer shoe or something i don't know maybe steve madden sponsored the shoes i have no idea or maybe she's just trying to get attention i'm thinking it's probably that she's trying to get attention anyways Okay, so at first I thought it was, like, a shirt dress that was just, like, really low cut, but it wasn't. It was, like, a blue, baby blue pantsuit, but the jacket wasn't a jacket. It was a shirt, and it had sequins on it, but the shirt was open, and she was just wearing, like, a bra underneath it that was also the same fabric as the shirt and the pants. It was terrible. It was so bad. It pro Maybe it wasn't so bad when she was standing up, 
But when she was sitting, like the lining of the shirt was just like exposed and it wasn't the same color as the shirt. It was just, it was awful. It was absolutely terrible. Her wardrobe is never good. Never, ever good. I don't know who dresses her. If she dresses herself, but like not one time has it been good. She even mentions that like people internet bullied her for her bra straps hanging out. And I was like, but like that was that first of all, it's not bullying. And second of all, you could have fixed that, sweetheart. Um, <laughs> as a side note, while I was on her Instagram trying to figure out what this outfit was, she's selling merch. She has a website called Vicky Larson Beauty. And she's selling a sweatshirt with her mugshot on the back of it. I kid you not. And then she has, like, on this website, she's selling some sort of, like, dry brush and maybe, like, a body scrub or something. I'm not exactly sure. It's really chaotic. Y'all should go check it out. But she's giving, like, health and beauty tips on this website. And, like, yoga pose of the day. And she blogs on it. And I'm like, oh, gosh, Victoria, no. Also, she's wearing a crown beginning of the episode blah 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 anyways we do a recap of the season they make up for shirtless matt james in the in the past few episodes in the opening seconds of the like the season recap it's just like constantly talking about how hot matt james is for like a solid minute i completely forgot that sarah existed she did not come to the after the final rose i find that an interesting thing um, she was such a character for the first half of the season, and then she doesn't come to the after the final rose. So I don't know if that was, like, her choice or producer choice or what, but she wasn't there. Um, and honestly, this whole after the final, or, after, not, I keep calling it after the final rose. That's not what I'm talking about. Women to law. She didn't show up to women to law. All of this women to law is that, like, one sorority meeting, chapter meeting, when everybody just, like, airs their grievances. It usually happens in Rush, close to Rush, or, like, close to the end of the semester, um, where everybody just starts, like, airing their grievances about the sorority, and you just want to crawl into the carpet. Um, or it happens during Rush when, like, everybody's stressed out, and they just, like, hate each other because you've spent the last... Um, 96 hours in each other's faces trying to be as happy as possible and you just want to murder people. That's what Women Till All reminds me of. Of course, Victoria wouldn't like that because she doesn't like sororities. Okay, so let's just get into some of the topics that they cover. They do allow Ryan to confront Victoria about calling her a hoe. Um, and Victoria ponders aloud if maybe she's just too sensitive. Like, Victoria's had internet bullying. How is Victoria's bullying the same? Maybe she's just too sensitive to it. <laughs> Victoria's basically like, I can brush it off. Why can't you? Oh, I forgot, like, how much of a disaster that she is. Just a complete disaster. And there's two distinct camps while they're talking about the drama within the house. Two very distinct camps of <coughs> one mature side of the camp that um, believes none of the behavior is okay. It's led by Katie. There are a few other ones. They're generally a quieter bunch. Um, and then there's one immature camp who would say things like, that's just the way girls are, and Katie should have never said anything to Matt, that the source of all the drama in the house actually was Katie speaking up about it to Matt, which, of course, is not true. 
all of it was really they're just their own behaviors and their lack of responsibility is just shocking. They keep saying things like bullying is such a strong word, but they can't recognize the, the fact that they actually were bullies. Um, <laughs> that they were just straight up awful to people. Um, you know, like, just say, yeah, it was just awful. The only one who actually takes any sort of responsibility for her actions was Anna. Um, we'll get to that in just a little bit. The rest of them are just like, I just, you know, it's just the way things were. I was stressed out or I was going through a lot of pain or like, it's all your fault. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Katie does say, you know, like, if I'm sorry that you're getting attacks on the internet, but like, maybe it's your karma for being such a bitch. <laughs> and Chelsea takes major offense to that. Um, and it's, and Katie points out like, yeah, but like you were friends with the people who were starting all the drama. Like when there was drama, you were in the picture. Um, and Katie's basically saying like, you said what you said, so don't be mad that people are mad at you. And she's right. Like, you cannot be upset that people are upset about your behavior. Like, it was your behavior. It was your choices. I say this to my children all the time. Um, when I get upset with them, and they're upset with me being upset. And I have to look at them and say, these are your own choices. This is your own behavior. This is the consequence of your behavior. No, internet bullying is not okay. Death threats are not okay. That's dumb. We should not be giving anybody death threats on the internet about their behavior on a reality TV show. But like if people don't like you on the internet, it's probably not because of them. It's probably because of you and the fact that you were just a heinous bitch to everybody. And I'm sorry if you're not actually a heinous bitch, but that's how you acted in the moment. That's what producers chose to air. And that's what you have to answer for anyways. And the one like truly serious case of it, they do address here. Um, and they allow Brittany to come into the hot seat, um, even though it's not really a hot seat in that moment because she didn't do anything wrong. And honestly, like, I didn't even recognize Brittany when they brought her up. I was like, is that Brittany? She looks different every time I see her. Not in a bad way. She's a beautiful girl. But, like, I just, I was like, oh, is that, I, if I saw her on the street, I wouldn't recognize her as Brittany. <laughs> Maybe she just has a versatile look. I don't know. Um, anyways, she talks about how, like, the accusations that were brought up about her were completely false, but now they're tied to her forever. She said, if you Google my name, the first page of results is how I'm the girl that was accused of being an escort on national television. She said, for the rest of my life, I'm going to have to answer for that, and I didn't do it. I don't... I. I didn't bring this up into the world. I'm not an escort. She's like, if I was, who cares? But, like, I'm not. And so now I have to... I have to defend myself about something that I, that's not even real. Um, and that she actually went into like a pretty deep depression when she got home from the show. She didn't want to talk to her family or her friends. Like it was just a really difficult time. And Anna's response is the only response that's acceptable in this. That there is no justification. I can't do anything to take it back. I despise what I did. I hate that I did it, but there's nothing I can do. Like that's, that's the whole response that you, cause what can you say? I'm sorry. And I won't ever call anybody else an escort. Like there's nothing, there's nothing that can be said or done. 
Um, and they asked if there's like a motive to why she did it. And Anna was like, no, like I hate to say that there was no motive, but there wasn't. It was just me being insecure about new people coming into the house. And I did get those messages and I should have kept my mouth shut. There was no reason for me to put that on television. I just did because I was insecure about my standing in the house and she thought maybe if she brought the drama up, it would send her home. And instead, it completely backfired. And you can just tell when you look at Anna when she's speaking about this, she has that awful feeling in her stomach like she's about to throw up. Like she knew she was going to have to answer for it. And and there really just was nothing to say. Um, They do air some cutscenes about um, like parts of dates that didn't show. So they had to, like, pick engagement rings out of boxes full of insects, like Fear Factor. Um, I didn't recognize those outfits at all, so I'm thinking this is a day date that never aired. Um, they had a pancake eating contest during the Fall in Love Fest. They had they played hide-and-seek. This one was really funny. Um, they played hide-and-seek, and, like, the first person to find Matt got extra time with him. Well, it was time in a hot tub, and so as girls found him, he was in the hot tub with the girls that had previously found him and so on and so forth. But Kit got lost in the woods and never got the hot tub time. It was actually really funny. Um, they drink raw eggs, which is gross if you've ever done that, and Katie pukes. And these are funny. <coughs> like, these are funny. These should. This is what we want to see. We want to see these dates. And instead, they chose to air the stupid drama. They chose to air 30 minutes of the two-on-one argument between Jacinia and MJ, neither of the girls ending up in the top four. They chose three episodes of Sarah self-eliminating. They chose to bring Heather on, only to be sent home immediately. They chose all of the airtime they gave Victoria over these funny moments dates that we could have learned some more about these girls and this is where production needs to look up at their audience and say yeah maybe we should have aired these things i'm not the only one saying this just makes me mad they pull katie up in the hot seat um she truly seems like a gem um they talk about her like disappointing breakup with matt she said she really didn't see it coming but she's okay she's just looking for a person and it wasn't matt and that was disappointing they bring Abigail up into the hot seat. What a precious angel she is. I'm still so mad about Abigail. Um, she does have the what if about what could have happened between her and Matt if he had given her a one-on-one -on -one date. Like, she so deserved. Us too, Abigail. We all are going to live with those what ifs. Um, Chris does talk about her impact on the deaf community and it was really nice like showed some tweets of people like supporting her and Abigail was like you know I didn't know how I would be accepted because I can live in both the hearing and the deaf world and she doesn't really feel like she has a place in either one of those um, but she said that she you know she was able to have such a um, support from the deaf community that meant a lot it was really cute um, hot seat it goes to Piper um, they talk about her breakup with Matt, and she said that she had hyper-focused on her relationship with Matt, and she forgot to be observant of the other relationships. And that backfired in her being blindsided and thinking to herself that she was the only one that Matt was saying those things to. Um, and, like, she admits that that's her own fault, and, like, yes, he's dating 32 other women, so maybe you should, you know, keep your feet on the ground. 
Um, and she said she just got, you know, taken aback by his ability to make everybody feel special. And she thought that she, he was the only one she was making. She was the only one he was making feel special. Um, she's probably not alone in those feelings. They bring Serena up to the hot seat. And Chris tells her that he thought Serena was going to be the one at the end. Honestly, that was never my thought. I never saw them together. Um, I don't think she was that into him. It's clear she's still not that into him. She said that she cared about him deeply, but she didn't regret herself eliminating because she knew she wasn't giving him 100% and she couldn't. And she was hoping her family would, like, push her over the edge with that 100%. Instead, it went backwards. And so does she has no regrets. So good for you, Serena. Um, they bring Matt out. Let's talk about the beard. Oh, Matt, you are so good looking. What was that beard? Does he look like James Harden or LeBron James? I don't know if it's like Matt's not a beard person. And I love a beard. My fiance has a great beard. He prides himself in his beard. Um, and, and, and I never wanted to get rid of it ever. His face without a beard is funny looking. So I'm just kidding. He's very handsome. But I've only ever known him with a beard. I don't ever want him to get rid of it. Anyways, um, many are saying that this is a single man's beard, that no man with a girlfriend or fiancé has this beard. I would have to agree with him because the beard's kind of bad. Maybe if Matt, it was groomed more, it's clear that he's doing the James Harden and LeBron style where it's kind of fluffed out a little bit. It's meant to look really, really full. Um, I would imagine that if it's um, that length but not fluffed, it's really curly and that wasn't, that wouldn't look good. Um Maybe if it was closer trimmed, or maybe if it was a little more groomed. It was, like, all the way up on his cheeks. You don't have to have your beard. You can shave that part of your cheeks and just have, like, the the beard. I don't know. I just didn't like it. I don't like it on him. And none of the girls really seemed to like it either. Um, uh, maybe it's his, like, defense mechanism for being recognized in the grocery store, you know, like, and maybe if I grow out this ridiculous beard and wear a hat, nobody will notice that it's me. And that's probably the case, honestly. Um, he, like, lightly addresses the bullying. He's very egalitarian in this whole conversation. He's not calling anyone out, but I think it is just him to do that. I think he very much is a peacemaker and is just like, yeah, it happened and I d handled it the best that way that I could. Um, I don't like to see that behavior, so I eliminated it. And um, bless it. Victoria starts to cry in this moment, and she just calls it all a learning experience. And she was hurt by Matt saying in his in the moment that she needed to self reflect and like, like almost like a, I thought you knew me better than that. And Matt's like, I have nothing but good things to say about you. I was a little taken aback, but like that behavior is not acceptable. And she just, she just is not able to take responsibility for herself. She's not able to, she's not able to self-reflect. She cannot. She will go to her grave saying that what she did on that show is okay and she was coming from a painful place and that excuses her behavior. She just cannot just say, you know what, I was wrong. Sorry. Um... And then they go on this, like, apology tour around the room of girls, and everybody is like, it's like a closure talk for each one of the girls. And, like, Katie tells him she was caught off guard and didn't say, get to say it proper bye. Matt tells her he appreciates her. And then Abigail says, I just want to say thank you for the, you know, the experience. It just wasn't in the cards for us, blah, blah, blah. 
I just, I just hate this. I hate this. I just hate this episode in general. Um, they do make fun of him for kissing with his eyes open, and all the girls are like, yeah, it's creepy. You should work on that. Um, the, the one moment that actually means something is that Piper asks him, like, because she did not have the closure conversation of, like, what in that moment changed? Like, I thought we were okay, and then all of a sudden I didn't get a rose. So what was it? And he basically just tells her that, like, he had to look at it in the scope of all the relationships and the relationships with the other women had progressed further and than hers. And he, it was not fair to her to keep her on and meet her family when he knew that, that it, he was not going to end up with her. She did not like that answer. She like looks to the side and like does a little huff. Um, and then I have to remind myself she's probably like 24 years old. So, um, and then we see bloopers the biggest thing about the bloopers I could take away was that um, Tasha was there with JoJo at some point. When was Tasha there? When was Tasha on this season? Why did not? Why did we not get to see Tasha? I'm thinking, is she in next week's episode? Is she like come to counsel him? I'm very upset. Can Tasha be the new host? Can Tasha take over for Chris Harrison? Actually, I don't think that's a bad idea. Like she does some hosting and is unproblematic, but also a person of color that would be a nice fit for that position. I think she would actually be really great at it. And that's it for the episode. Um, we do get a preview of Fantasy Suites. Um, everyone is love, in love. Um, They're repelling off buildings, and there's lots of making out, and fireworks, and rubbing, so much rubbing. It's just like constant close-up shots of Matt's hands rubbing somebody. It's just kind of gross. There's lots of crying, of course. Matt is walking through like a snowstorm. And then we find out that his dad is there. They show his dad, and they show him like having a confrontation with his dad. I, I don't think this is okay. This whole season, we've been hearing about how he doesn't have a good relationship with his dad. And he's basically called his dad like a deadbeat dad without saying the words on TV. Um... And I'm going to be real upset if they surprise him with his dad. And he says something like, his dad says something like, do you know what I had to put up with your mother? And I think Matt probably loses it at that point. I just, I feel like it's not fair. And we've seen the previews of Matt sitting on a curb crying and Chris Harrison asking if he can, like, go on, if he's going to be able to finish because of this. And Matt says, I don't know, and, like, gets up and walks away. I'm thinking it's not about a girl. I'm thinking it's about his dad. I'm thinking they force this confrontation with his father that he doesn't have a good relationship with, and then it ends poorly, of course, and it just kind of, like, Matt just wants to go home at that point. I feel like that's what happens. I might be wrong, but, like, I don't think I'm going to be okay with that father confrontation next week. His mom is there, um, which we've already met his mom. She seems precious, but, like, I think I'm going to be real pissed if this is about his dad. So, but I wouldn't be shocked to put it past ABC to do that sort of thing. I kind of thought that maybe somebody self-eliminates. From the previews, I don't think anybody does. Um, but we do have fantasy suites next week, and then there will be a rose ceremony, and we'll get into the final two. Um, I think the final two are Rachel and Michelle. And then we shall 
see what happens after that. Um, so we have two more weeks of this. Oh, guys. All right. Well, I guess that's the end of this. And um, if you're not subscribed to my podcast already, make sure that you subscribe. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, follow me on Instagram at Katie Talks Trash. Um, and I live story during the episodes, and I also share funny memes that I find and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. Cheers to next week. <laughs>